0: Be curious. I think I learned that from you, like always uh, lead with a spirit of curiosity and and you always got to find the playmaker in the city. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to uh, D.C., like I found a girl who was from D.C. So she showed me around when I moved to Atlanta. My best friend lived in Atlanta. She had been there for two years. So when I got there, she showed me the lay of the land. Okay, these are these types of people. These are these types of people, you know. And of course, like. Thank God for social media at the time, too. It was really easy to make connections and to meet people and take those online connections offline. Like, even like you and I, right? Like, it's like we met on Instagram, technically, right? Right. That's how you reached out to me. So um, understanding, again, that the importance of relationships and how you can leverage those relationships from the Internet into real life, figure out who's making the plays, and then they can, like, you know, plug you in the right direction.
1: Hey, guys, what's good? Welcome to the Coast Life. If you're watching this video that means you cosign us and we cosign you so here are a couple of ways to support us at cosign magazine number one view the description below click the link and purchase an issue of cosign magazine it's like this this one right here physical you can purchase this number two you can also support us by purchasing cosign merch hit the link below and it'll take you to all our past merch items and we'd love to have your support and see you wear cosign magazine Good guys, we're back with another episode of Coastside Conversations. I'm your host KG. Today we have a very, very special guest. I like to call her my good friend. She's an entrepreneur, a podcast host, a marketer. I'm going to say influencer as well. We have Emily De La Cruz. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. This is so, like, fancy. Yeah, we're growing up a little bit.
1: <laughs> um, so for those who don't know you, right, kind of give us a little background. I want you to do your own bio because, you know, you do so much. Yeah, You do so much, I don't want to mess it up. So tell us all what you do.
0: Wow. Um. So, yeah, I'm a marketer by trade. And throughout my marketing career, I really just had a passion for business. I was actually really good at business, like building businesses. So throughout my career, I built um, a couple of different businesses from e-commerce to merch to now an event space, having my podcast. And really what I help people do is figure out how they can get themselves out of the day to day of their marketing. Right. Because a lot of people are entrepreneurs, but they hate the marketing aspect of it. Right. They hate the content that. creation, all that type of stuff. So over the last you know, decade, I've just been helping entrepreneurs and founders get their marketing together while also building my own businesses on the side.
1: Okay. But was that always something you wanted to do? Like, tell us about like little Emily, right? What did you want to do before you became an entrepreneur?
0: Um, I wanted to be rich. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, Don't we all? I just wanted to be wealthy. So um, I grew up in the South Bronx. I grew up okay. poor. It's not Brooklyn, but and...
1: that's okay.
0: We already know Brooklyn is the lowest borough, but anyways, anyways. moving right along. Uh, so I grew up in the Bronx and I just knew, I remember like growing up, my grandparents were always like, you know, la piña agria, which means like the pineapple is sour. Like we don't have enough money to like, yeah. you know, to do things. And even though like I went to Catholic school and I was like really smart, I always knew like, I don't want this to be my life. Like, I don't yeah. want to come back to this. So when I was um, in middle school, actually, you know, you have to put like in the yearbook, like what do you wanna be when you right. grow up, yeah. right? So I was like always really big on like communications. So I was like looking at different careers, like journalism, whatever. Um, and I came across public relations. So I was like, boom, public relations. So in my yearbook, literally, I'm like 13 years old talking about when I grow <laughs> up, I'm gonna be a public relations practitioner. And all my friends wanna be like lawyers, F-13? doctors, nurses. Yes. <laughs> So okay. I literally built my whole like career, like when I was in high school and then when I went to college around that. Um, and then when I got to college, I did a couple of different internships. Um, I researched, I did all the things and I saw, OK, to be in public relations and fashion, they don't make no money um, to be in public relations and entertainment. They don't make no money. Yeah. So I went into tech and okay. you know that's kind of how my whole career started i always knew i was going to be doing something communications right. but it kind of changed and pivoted as i like got different opportunities throughout like my youth
1: okay so what was like that first shot of entrepreneurship because a lot of times it's always ugly right so for me my first shot at entrepreneurship well real shot was trying to start a music label didn't Ooh. know what i was doing right I formed it i got a dba uh my best friend was a rapper <laughs> So I'm like a fake contract. I signed him. Uh, We put out a mixtape. I mean, we sold a thousand copies of a mixtape. And then, you know, at that time we were 17, 18. We thought that was money. So Mm -hmm. we blew that 5000 pretty quick and had to do a whole other business. But so what was your first shot at entrepreneurship?
0: Oh, when I was in college. Okay, so I'm from the Bronx. So one thing I'm not going to do is work for free. So uh, when I was in college, I used to do all types of things. Like I would do like people's makeup, you know, Mm -hmm. for like $20 or do their hair. Um, then, you know, I got really good, obviously like at marketing and graphic design with what I was actually learning in school. Okay. So I would charge people to like, do like their flyers for their events mm-hmm. or like do their programs for different things. And then eventually when I was a junior in college, um, I was on Twitter and this was like when Twitter first started. So there was like five people on there. Um, <laughs> uh, but one lady reached out to me. She was like, Hey, like I'm looking for a social media intern, you know, can you like help me? And I was like, Sure. And I was really, really good. Like, I was really good. Um, So I was like, well, if I could do this for her, like, I could do this for other people and charge them. Mm -hmm. So I was working for, like, $10 an hour, like, as a junior in college, working full-time hours, but still, like, having a full um, class load. And then eventually that, like, little business from my dorm room became, like, you know, what I do today.
1: Okay. So what was that first iteration? Because when I first saw you, you were like huge on funnels. I mean, you still do marketing, but you were huge on funnels, like mm-hmm. really pushing funnels. Right. So when you just became a full time entrepreneur, what was your first business model? Was it just uh, uh, marketing, social media? What was
0: it? Yeah. So it went from social media, like management, content creation to then sales funnel, like marketing automation. So one thing I always tell people is you can take what you're doing at work and what you're doing in school and build a business off of it i never wanted to start a business that was totally separate from like my day-to-day life so as i moved up in my career in marketing what I offered in my business changed. Okay. So the more that I learned at work, the more that I would bring back to my small business mm-hmm. clients. And it just kept evolving from there. So what started off as just like social media, Twitter um, and Instagram at the time when it had first started turned into, okay, well, how do we do content marketing with blogs and SEO and then yeah. how do we go and do marketing automation? And then how do we take marketing automation and do sales funnels and how do we take? So it just, every single time that I grew, my business also grew.
1: That's a good point. Let's talk about marketing, which you're expert in. So a lot of times when people are like, "Hey KG, you know, we need marketing," they always go to just social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I need Instagram content, I need photos, I need videos, but marketing, it's comprised of so much more, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of break down what a true marketing campaign looks like for people, because a lot of times they're going to say, "I need some posts, mm-hmm. I need captions, and then." I'm gonna send this out and hopefully I get some sales.
0: Listen, right. nothing in life stresses me out more than when people think that a mood board is a is a campaign. Right. When people think social media is this camera on me? Okay, <laughs> marketing is not a mood board. It's not. Um, but it really frustrates me because so many people say like, "Oh, marketing doesn't work," or you know, "Marketing is so frustrated." But the real thing is like you're taking one piece of a whole entire marketing process Mm -hmm. and you're banking on that one piece, right? right? Social media is just one way for you to like get your message out there. But marketing is actually the message Mm -hmm. that you're speaking, right? Oftentimes, there's no strategy. There's no message. You're just posting a picture, hoping something's gonna mm-hmm. happen, right? We're not communicating benefits. We're not speaking to people's objections. And when I work with my clients, that's a big part of like what we spend on strategy. We spend at least like an hour, two hours, just diving into, okay, who's your target customer? But how do they feel, mm-hmm. right? What are they frustrated by? What are they like sitting at home crying about, right? What's really um stressing them out because people make decisions and people make purchases based off of emotion right so if you can speak to their emotion and you understand like oh this is what my client is most frustrated about i'm going to speak to that in my marketing then it becomes a no-brainer people are like how are you in my head like how did you know you know what i was thinking how did you create a product that was exactly what i was looking for and it's like because i understood my customer the social media posts come after the psychology of understanding your customer, mm. right? But y'all want to take pictures. Picture psychology is not, mm, it ain't giving.
1: Yeah, and they want the vanity metrics, right? They only want to see the likes, comments, shares, but there's so so much more you know, KPIs that, that come with it. Yeah. So let's talk about KPIs for a little bit. You know, I've been doing a lot of study, bringing people on, right? So what are some good KPIs a people should base like a launch on or their product on to show that they're mm. actually growing? Because um, we think, hey, we're not getting any likes uh, mm-hmm. this campaign isn't working, right? So what other campaign, I mean, not other campaign, what other KPIs should they, you know, uh, look to implement?
0: Yeah. So depending on the campaign, there's some campaigns that are just for brand awareness, right? So true, true. Nike, for example, Nike isn't trying to sell you sneakers. They want you to know that Nike is a brand for athletes, right? right? So their campaigns, their commercials, it might be somebody running track, they're not zooming in necessarily on the sneakers. They're telling the story of the athlete and how they started running track. Right. So when you have a campaign, if what you want people is to understand, like, who you are and what you do, then you're looking for brand awareness. You're looking for, OK, how many people um, recognize a brand? What's customer sentiment? Like all of that marketing speak. Right. Um, but if you want to just make money, then it's like, okay, how long does it take us to convert a customer, right? right? Are we running Facebook ads for 60 days and it takes somebody 60 days to finally purchase from us? Mm-hmm. Are we spending, you know, $50 to acquire a customer? Are we, um, what's the lead to client ratio, right? Like there's just so many different KPIs that have literally nothing to do with social media performance or nothing to do with website performance but th- those are the things that we focus on right yeah. so you're spending fifty thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads, but you were worrying about getting likes on Instagram. And it's like, no, you need to figure out how to get more bang for your buck over here on Facebook ads, right? Or when people come on your website, oh, only 100 people come to my website. But if 20 of those people buy, that's a 20% conversion. That's actually really good, right? So once we understand our numbers, we can start to make decisions and say, okay, I'm going to spend my time on this because this is getting me results. But That's often, we don't know what's getting us results, so we over here trying to do a little bit of everything, and then, you know, we're stressed.
1: Right. So a lot of times, people say you spend too much. People spend a lot of time working in their business and not on their business, mm. right? But a lot of times, entrepreneurs may don't have budgets to, like, bring people on, like, like an Emily. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what should they focus on? Because let's say they can't afford an expert marketer or a CMO. What are some tangible things they can do within their budget to help grow so they can increase these sales to where then they can hire somebody to take over that aspect. Because that's kind of the troubles I see a lot of times is for one, people don't know what a marketing campaign is for two, mm-hmm. they're just trying to get enough brand awareness to get sales, to mm-hmm. be able to sustain or then hire somebody. So it's like, there's a lot of problems just even getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't understand it. So I guess that's a lot of times of information they need to study on their own. But then they're trying to wear so many different hats. They're trying to be the marketer, the the salesperson, the influencer, the photographer. Mm-hmm. And they just need to really delegate. So, what advice would you give to yeah. that person? I know that's a loaded question. But.
0: Mm, there's so many things. Okay, there's two things. So, the first thing is it's absolutely free to get to know your customer, right? right. I don't know what it is with entrepreneurs, but it's like we want to be so disconnected from our business. And it's like, oh, girl, I don't answer DMs. Girl, I'm not doing, I'm hiring somebody to do my customer service. And it's like, When you're in the trenches, that's when you learn the most, right? Mm -hmm. So getting to know your customer, get on the phone with five, six of your customers and ask them, how did you find us? Why did you purchase from us? Who else were you considering before you you bought from us, right? Like, who's my competition out there? Mm -hmm. Why were you considering them? And once you start to understand all of that, then you figure out, what's the story that I need to tell more people like that, Mm -hmm. right? If you tell me, oh, I found you... Um, at brunch, you know, and I've started following you on Instagram. I'm like, okay, well, I need to go to more brunches. So I need to network with more people, right? right? If somebody tells me, Oh, I found you in, you know, when you were featured in XO Nicole, then I know, okay, I need to start um, pitching more press, right? But again, we're always like kind of making decisions without any information instead of just like asking the people who are giving us money. Exactly. So that's free. It, it don't cost you nothing to go on your Instagram story right now. I'm looking to talk to six people who, fit this criteria of my client or customer Mm. get on the phone, figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, what they're feeling, what they're struggling with, and then create your marketing messaging based around that. The second thing is a sales funnel. You cannot (laughs) escape, you cannot escape a sales funnel, right? And a sales funnel is just simply just a set of steps that your customer goes through. It's not technology, it's not click funnels, it's not Facebook ads. It's just What are the five steps that people need to go through to purchase for me? Right. They go on the website. They fill out, you know, they get on the email list. They fill out a form. We send them some emails and then they go to checkout or they follow me on Instagram. You know, I send them a DM. They click the link in the DMs and then they go to checkout. Like, what is the process to get people to pay you? Right. Because if you make it too hard to pay you, I'm not going to pay you.
1: Right. Right.
0: If you confuse me. I'm not going to pay you. Confused people do not buy.
1: Right. You can move on to something else.
0: So you need to figure out, okay, well, what is it, right? So I was talking about this earlier where it's like I have um, an event space, right? And I've been trying to get a cleaning company. Okay. Baby girl, I'm not going to text you to give you money to wait for you to text me back it's like, sis, why is there not a website? Why aren't there prices on the website? Why isn't there a form that I could fill out to request a quote, right? Mm -hmm. I get the quote. Now you have me on your email list. You can circle back with me at a later date, right? But again, entrepreneurs are so focused on like, oh, let me just be posting on Instagram. Let me run some Facebook ads. And then their backend systems are broken, Mm -hmm. right? So if you don't focus on your actual sales funnel, like What are the steps that I'm trying to take people through to capture their information? You're always going to be on that hamster wheel because you're going to be doing a lot of manual marketing. Gotcha. And you're going to be burnt out, right?
1: So when do you automate that? Because like you said, it doesn't have to be like a click funnel. So let's say, you know, you go on a website, you you fill Mm -hmm. out this form. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to a point where now you're getting a lot of submissions, like when do you automate, you know, your funnel or some aspect of
0: it yeah we'll use the cleaning business example right so within the cleaning business you'll have what we call in marketing target customers right but it's essentially like you'll start to see from the people that buy from you there's going to be certain trends like maybe you get a whole bunch of people that have like commercial spaces maybe you get a whole bunch of people who do airbnb maybe you do a whole bunch of people who have apartments versus houses right so then you can start to say okay instead of me having to quote each person individually i'm just going to charge a flat fee Mm -hmm. by square foot right so you have you know, a calculator that's like, all right, I charge, I'm going to make it up because I don't know. Right. I charge a dollar per square foot. Okay, you have a 1,500 square foot uh, commercial space. I'm charging you $1,500. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy, but yeah, crazy. You, you you feel me. You get where I'm <laughs> get going with the math. The math is mapping. <laughs> so um, doing that, right, like the more that you do it, the more customers that you get, the more that you're able to figure out, okay, what parts can I automate? What parts can I streamline? What parts can I... Um, make flat fees? What part mm-hmm. can I remove myself out of the conversation, right. right? There's also, you know, a lot of people do like what we call webinar funnels. So oh, yeah. instead of me getting on the phone with you and telling you the same thing over and over again, it's like, okay, you know, jump on this webinar in 20 minutes. I'm going to explain to you what the service is, how much it costs. If you want to buy it, great. If you don't, don't. But now I don't mm-hmm. have to get on the phone with you, right? Gotcha. So you have to just think about what are the pieces of my business that are very manual that i can start to automate once i get traction but then you got the people that try to automate and they ain't got no traction it's like
1: yeah they got all these systems and everything in place you got an assembly
0: up. line but nobody's on the assembly line yeah make not, it make sense it's
1: not adding up
0: it's not it's I'm not adding, not adding up zero times zero is <laughs> zero. Oh yeah that's
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but i kind of want to transition because you know i'm sorry but yeah i we talk a lot so i know a lot of you behind the stuff behind the scenes stuff right but you low-key really out here working with some high-level people that you really can't name drop because if it was me i'd be like yeah you know someone so hit me up the other day want to work <laughs> but you know you over here started ndas and whatnot like how does somebody get to that level to where you're low-key like industry best kept See, so you're doing all these marketing these vip days like How would you get to that point? Like, what is your business built off to help you get to that point to where you're getting celebrity clients all over the world? You
0: You have to serve your way to success.
1: Mm. Say it again.
0: You have to serve your way to success. You got to serve it up. Serve it up. up.
1: Um,
0: When I work with different founders, I don't necessarily... Try to use the work that I do with one founder to get me my next client, right? We're in, we're in a clout chasing society right now where it's like, Oh, well, I work with KG. So like you need to work and that's not really it. I let my work speak for itself. So when I do a good job and I'm, um, really, really focused on like, helping my client like get the best results. When they get those results, they tell their friends mm-hmm. and then those friends tell other friends. Right. So I work a lot off of referral, but I also work a lot um, with high level people because I'm discreet right because i have discretion and when nothing turns somebody off more than when they pay you money and you on instagram so i just closed this deal yeah. uh what do what we be doing the little shh emoji oh yeah we need to get rid of that shit Yeah. like uh-huh. quiet moves it's not really that quiet because you're telling us
1: Yeah, not it's not
0: really a secret because we know that something is going on right so i find that a lot of like my higher profile clients, they, they value the fact that I'm discreet. They value the fact that it's like I come in to do the work. I don't come in to, um, to clout chase or to try to like ride their coattails right if i do a good job for them and i get their brand to become successful they'll tell their friends they'll tell the other people that they work with and they don't have to constantly worry about like oh you know i have this this girl you know who's in the background dancing in the videos <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: all her bad boy stuff
0: <laughs> you know like yeah so that's really been it but it, it's been you know relationships just Building relationships, doing good work, always like doing my best work wherever I'm at. And that has opened up opportunities for me. So a lot of people that I've worked with, you know, over the past 10 years still call me and they're like, hey, i like, I have this client. I have this friend. I have this, you know, person that needs help with marketing. Can you do it? Right. And it's like right. having those relationships with people knowing I could refer this girl and she's not going to embarrass me. Right. That's what's that's what's important. That's what people value more than you know, how good you are at marketing yourself
1: online. Gotcha, that makes sense. And that kind of goes back to kind of why I started Cosign, because like the power of a Cosign, right? So you really don't have to be out there broadcasting. Like people are cosigning you without even knowing and it's, you know, you're growing as an entrepreneur and a marketer behind the scenes and it's, it's keeping you paid and working, right? Mm-hmm. So another thing that's really cool that I still don't understand how you did this. Um, I mean, I'm not like a, really a social media expert, but like I spent a lot of time on it because of my platform. But you took a social media break hiatus mm-hmm. and it didn't affect your business not once like not one time i feel like a lot of times entrepreneurs believe that we have to be active on social to make money to market to advertise to build our business can you kind of talk to us like how you can build a business not online because that's the first thing you do okay i'm about to start um, a cleaning business let me create an instagram page all right. So how did you end up building your brand to where you don't need social media to sustain?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so it's understanding the difference between clients and community, right? Mm-hmm. On social media, you're building a community that you have to manage and that you have to engage. Okay. When I want to get clients, I don't necessarily need a community to be able to do that. Okay. And unfortunately... We all drank the Kool-Aid, right? In in 2015, 2016, 2017, where it was all like, build your personal brand, be authentic. It's all about, you know, this, this, and that. And then we got so big on like building our personal brands online that we didn't we forgot how to build relationships in real life. Right. Right. So when I decided I took six months off of Social media. I like deleting my Instagram. I was ready to go. I'm like, this is the ghettoest shit I've ever seen in my whole life. The algorithm keeps changing. I don't like to take pictures. I'm not gonna sit here and entertain y'all. So I got off social media, and I basically I already had a funnel set up, and I was running ads. Right. So what my ads would do is it would you know reach a pool of people, and they would come on my website they will fill out a form to let me know, you know, a client application to let me know that they were interested in working with me. Once they filled out the form, the form will go to a video, right? A 15 uh, minute video. This is what I offer. This is my, you know, my services breakdown. Um, and then from there, they will have the option to book a call if they wanted to, or, you know, if the video gave them all the information that they needed, then they would just go straight to checkout and they will book.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
0: reason why that worked was because People weren't looking for Emily De La Cruz to solve their problem. People were looking for who can build my sales funnel. Right. They don't care who's going to do it. Is it great that, you know, I have a social media presence and that I could be authentic and people think that I'm funny? Sure. Okay. Right. But at the end of the day, people are more worried about being able to solve their problem and get a return on their investment more than they care about being your friend. You. you know, and what I also like to encourage people to remember about social media is. When you're on like organic social media, you are basically, you're saying this, you're saying new things to the same Same people, people. right? So it's like picture Instagram being a room, right? And every single day I put up a new post, I'm saying new things, showing new things to the same room with the same people in it, which Literally is a waste of time. Right. Versus me getting off social media or running ads. Right. Or um, doing event activations or doing other things that I'm saying the same thing to new people. Right. So I could have nine posts right now on my um business Instagram account but if I'm running ads to it new people are seeing mm-hmm. the old content versus me trying to get the same old people to constantly consume new content
1: that makes sense you
0: feel me so that's really what I did just focus on like how can I get new people into my funnel instead of trying to entertain and you know be at the circus on Instagram with my same followers I love my followers you know, I, I bangs with them in the DMs. We kiki and we haha. Right. But I have a business to run. So I need to make sure that I'm constantly in front of new people.
1: No, that makes sense. I'm back in your business a little bit. So how much how much you spending on these ads? That's one question people ask all the time. How much should I be spending? Five, ten, a hundred. I know you're going to say what you can afford. But for somebody like you who can afford to get off social media, what was a estimate number that worked for you to spend on ads to where you didn't have to be active on social media? Because I mm-hmm. feel like that's a great point. Like, okay... I'm getting off social media, but I'm investing this much to make sure that I'm reaching new people. So what around that number would you say?
0: Mm -hmm. So I recommend for you to decide what you're willing to spend to acquire a customer. Okay. Right. So if my service is five thousand dollars, I'm willing to spend up to a thousand dollars to get a customer because right. it's like I'm gonna get five X on that. Right? right. If you sell a twenty dollar T-shirt, maybe the most that you want to spend is three dollars to acquire a customer. Okay. So it's not so much. How much do I want to spend? It's mm. how much am I going to get back on what I spend? Okay. So I always say, you know, think about with marketing, any marketing budget, you don't want to spend more than like, you know, 20 percent of you know your budget. Your full revenue, um, budget on like ads and things like that, because you need to also think about what are all the other things that I'm spending money on, right? Right. You're spending money on your website. You spend, if you have salespeople, you know, there's just other things that you have to spend money on. But I always recommend to like never be spending way more than 20% to, of like your service price to acquire a customer Mm -hmm. because the profit margins, they're going to be very anorexic. It's going to be, it's going to be looking sad.
1: Okay. So. Let's break it down a little bit more for the people to understand mm-hmm. so like let's say you said your product's five thousand and you're going to spend you know one thousand to mm-hmm. acquire that customer how do you translate that into like facebook ads right mm-hmm. i i don't think you could just put i want to spend a thousand dollars to get a client right so mm-hmm. how do you i guess reverse engineer that to come up with that number so if will that thousand dollars be per two weeks or do you go back and look to see How long does it take to acquire a customer and then divide that by the amount of days? See, see, you you catching on. You you catching on.
0: So the simplest way to do it is this. Let's say I do lashes is $100 a set and I want to get X amount of customers a day. Right. right? I need to fill up my books. I do three sets of lashes a day. Right. That's $300. $60 is 20% of that. So what I'm going to do is I might set up a campaign where I'm running, you know, $60 a day Mm. because I want to fill my books up. Gotcha. Or you can run $60 a week and your expectation is, OK, from those $60, I'm going to get, you know, three clients out of that. So right. always kind of like setting your expectations. I'm going to spend this because I want to acquire this. Right. And then if at the end of that week or at the end of that month, depending on how many clients you want to get or or how you know many people you want to book. If that's not working out, right, if the numbers aren't adding up, then it's time for you to adjust, right? Do mm-hmm. I need to adjust my creative? Do I need to adjust my audience? Do I need to do more videos versus static pictures, right? So it just mm-hmm. becomes this whole, it's, marketing is, is science, right? It's a lot of experimentation and you have to be okay with being wrong. And sometimes people think like, oh, well, you know, if I spend $1, like I need to make it back. And right. it's like, you sometimes you got to just charge it to the game. Nah. Sometimes you have to charge it to the game and you have to have budget to be willing to like play with, yeah. you know?
1: I've done a lot of charging to the game. Right? I won't play no more. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't play no more. um But I think another thing that's cool with you is that like you built your business and systems in place where it allows you to do other things, you know? Like I be running around here with a, like a chick on my head, like a yeah, chick on my head. Girl. Y'all yeah, don't mind me, it's early. But, <laughs> but, like, you know, you have your podcast. Um, you have your event space. Mm-hmm. You have your VIP clients, right? Um, what made you want to, like, dabble in other things, right? I know you go back to, like, the Gary V. era, and he would always say, like, everybody needs to act as a media company, right? Mm-hmm. So I do believe that everybody should have some type of media platform for the business, which you have, you know, your podcast. Mm-hmm. So kind of talk to us about your podcast and your event space and how that you know aligns with your overall goal of what you want your future to be
0: mm. so i'm really good at marketing but marketing isn't necessarily my passion okay. and oftentimes passion? we think my passion is to be a stay at home blank y'all seen the meme that's like i want to be a stay at home not a stay at home mom not a stay at home wife just stay at home
1: Me. That's what Okay. i just want
0: to be doing this
1: <laughs> at home
0: and thinking about recipes,
1: okay.
0: um, but I love to travel. I love, you know, to work out. Like I'm very, I'm lazy, right? I'm a lazy entrepreneur. I work very hard, but I don't want to work for the rest of my life. Um, I'm, you know, Dominican and Puerto Rican. So when I go back home, like to DR, when I go home to Puerto Rico, like the culture there is so much about like, I don't um, live my life just to work. Right. I work just enough to live. Mm. And I remember I was just there in January And I was talking to this guy and he all he did was it was like a busy intersection. And all he did was cross people from one side of the street to the other side of the street. That's it on tips. And I asked him and I'm like, how do you like make a living? And he's like, listen, when I get enough money to eat, my day is done and I just go enjoy my day. And he's like, I value being able to enjoy my day Mm -hmm. more than I value having money.
1: It's the freedom. That's what we all do this for. The freedom. Like essentially like me, like, yeah, I want to be crazy rich, but it's mainly. I just want the time to, you know, live life on my own terms. and I think exactly. that's what we all, you know, seek to, or maybe a certain type of people that seek to have that quality of life. Like mm-hmm. I could do it without the yacht if I'm able to travel and, you know, spend time with the people I love mm-hmm. when I want to do it. I want to say that was like, we're really, I don't tell the story very often, but one thing that made me leave corporate America was I have a 14 year old daughter. Right. And I remember uh, she had a recital. And at the job, I had to put in, uh, you had to put in a two weeks notice to take time off. Mm -hmm. Right. So she told me three days ahead of time. So I told them when I knew. So I told them like two because I had to go back to work. So I told them two days and they were like, um, they were like, you didn't tell us two weeks in advance. So Mm -hmm. nah, you can't, you can't go. All right. And I don't know if you've seen that whole uh, BMF. Uh, meme mm-hmm. to where it's like he knew the answer already was like look i'm going anyway this was just more like a courtesy of letting y'all know that i'm not going to be here you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. those stuff like that like i couldn't really like live life how i wanted so I, I I didn't have my freedom i know that's what we all say to be. i know i said a lot to get to this point though but i definitely yeah. agree because you know yeah. i can't live you know on somebody else's terms and that's what entrepreneurship exactly. is really about mm-hmm. you know
0: and it, eventually like for me it, it got to the point where Yeah, I was great at marketing and I love marketing, but I knew like, that's not what God put me on this earth to do. Like marketing is a means for me to serve other people. Right. right? And eventually like I got depressed, you know, Mm. I got depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was like, F everything, F everybody. Um... And when I started going back to therapy, my therapist kept asking me, like, okay, well, like, in a perfect world, like, what would your days look like, right? Like, when was the last time that you was happy? Like, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do? And I came back to the event space, right? And I came back to the podcast. And I really love – so my podcast called Sanity and Success because when I was, like, in the grind of entrepreneurship in, like, 2017, 2018, everybody – you know, that was the era of, like Everybody was flexing on the gram. Like, mm. it's like if you had a successful business, you had a Chanel bag or a Louis bag. If you have a successful business, you look a certain way, you drive a certain car, you do mm. this, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, the money is great, but like, I'm not happy. Like, is nobody else feeling this way? Right. So I would talk to my friends, I would talk to my peers, and they would be like, girl yeah me too i'm depressed but like but i gotta i gotta put on on instagram because like that's what's selling my courses that's what's selling my master classes and i was like this is some bullshit like somebody needs to talk about this so i started talking about it on my stories and eventually and you know i i created the whole podcast because i was like somebody needs to tell the stories beyond like oh this is how you become successful it's like this is how you maintain your sanity while you're climbing your way to the top and with the event space i knew like I love to gather people together. Like I've always loved community. I Like, you know, in my grandma's house, it was five of us in a three bedroom. Mm. So I was always used to like being around a lot of people. When I moved to Dallas, it was always a kickback. I'm cooking, friends giving, something. Like I always like love to have people around. So I'm like, okay, well, how can I make a business out of like what I really enjoy doing, which is bringing people together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's how the event space came along. So the more and more that I got in tune with what was important to me personally, not just what was making me money and, I, and what I was good at, right. then I figured out, okay, how can I turn that, what I love, into a revenue stream instead right. of trying to take my just my skill sets and turn that into a revenue stream if that's not fulfilling me all the way.
1: Got gotcha. you. And then, of course, you know, with you being a marketer, even though it's not your passion, you know how to you know, position these businesses, your podcast, and the event space. So it's like, I don't want to say it's easy, but it is easy for you to build these it businesses, is. market it, get it out there. Um, but I want to talk about the podcast real quick. So how do you maintain your sanity? I think that's important for us to know. <sighs>
0: Child, drugs, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> A lot of CBD gummies. Um, nah, how do I maintain my sanity? <sighs> therapy. So I go to therapy every Wednesday at noon. Mm-hmm. I've been going to therapy every Wednesday for months and months now. Um, I've been in therapy on and off since 2010, since I was in college. Um, But therapy is a big one because, you know, we always say that, oh, you know, you could vent to your friends. But for me, what I found is I like to be able to. Vent to my therapist because my therapist doesn't have no agenda. You know, you vent to your friend and your friend's like, oh, well, you should try this. Bitch, I'm not asking you (laughs) to give me advice. I just need you to listen. Right. Um, so I like going to therapy because it's like, it's that one hour of uninterrupted time where it's all about me. It's not about nobody else, what they got going on, what they need. It's all about Emily. And that's a really big part of self care. Um, being very, very, very diligent with, um, my boundaries and Mm -hmm. like my calendar. So, I do not usually, for the most part, work on Wednesdays. Like, I don't take any calls on Wednesdays. I might, like, record my podcast. Um, You know, I have therapy. I'll go to the chiropractor. Like, I'll just do me. And it's like, when people try to sneak stuff on my calendar, it's like, no. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. We need to reschedule. So being very, like, diligent about that. And then also just being really honest with people about where I'm at. So often I feel like a lot of my frustration with, you know, Business came from feeling like I always had to like wear a mask in Mm -hmm. order to be accepted. Like, oh, well, I have to be happy and funny all the time on Instagram for people to like want to watch my stories. I have to be jolly and like all of this in order for people to like really fuck with me. And it's like, you don't have to be a certain way for people to love you. Like, people are going to love you regardless, but you need to give people the access to understand where you're at. And it's like, yo, I'm having a bad week. Like, I'm not going to FaceTime you this week.
1: And people can relate, though, like, if they know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of times mm-hmm. we try to mask it and hide it. People are going through the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, once I started being transparent, I realized that, too. But then also about, like you are saying, Vince, to your friends, like, the reason why I stopped doing that a long time ago, too, man, is because you got to be wary of who you take advice from. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people will give you the bad advice or the wrong advice, not coming from, like, a you know, ill intentions. They just don't know any better. And then, you know you taking their advice like the blind leading the blind. And mm-hmm. I'll taken many L's taking advice from the homies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The homies give me advice and I'm like, I'm thinking cause they older, like they will know better, but they don't know any better as well. So I can't blame them, but like, I just mm-hmm. been more cognizant. They're like, all right, be wary Who you take advice from has, have these people been through the same things you've been through or what is their expertise on there? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if I do happen to vent cause I'm having a really bad day, it's more so just to let me get out. But whatever you tell me, I'm really not going to consume. I just need to get this out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your POV. But now I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know I'm
0: and the thing is, too, it's like, you know, oftentimes, like, we only tell our friend that story, but we don't give them context, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm really frustrated with X, Y, Z, yada, 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 right? But they don't have the context that, like... A therapist would have on you right so if I tell my therapist like oh you know I'm getting really anxious this week because I'm really busy my therapist knows that I struggle with imposter syndrome so she'd be like are you really anxious because you got a lot on your plate or are you really anxious because you feel like your clients are gonna judge you and I'd be like Girl, yes, I do feel like they're going to judge me. And then we work through that, right? So there's just certain things that, like, a professional can only do. And our friends can only guide us, like, as far as they've been. That's why, like, with coaching and stuff like that, people are like, well, why don't you coach more? And it's like, just because I'm good at marketing and, like, my sauce, like, I can't necessarily, like, transfer it over right yeah. i always say like success isn't like transactionally transmitted just because you pay me 997 or 497 for a course it doesn't mean that my success is not going to be your success because mm. you have to apply it you have to flip it you have to you know add some bacon soda, whip it up like you got to make your own yeah. work you right. know and when people think like oh well just because they're my friend and they're farther ahead than me or just because they're my coach and they're farther ahead than me like what works for them is going to work for me is not always the case nah. you know
1: that makes sense. And I won't take it too much of your time, but I wanna get your POV from this. When when should somebody quit? Cause you know we're entrepreneurs, like we have that hustle mentality, you know, we're gonna go all, go all in, we're gonna make it work, right? But when should somebody like really like just hang this shit up and say hang
0: it up. Yeah. Mm.
1: Like what what does that look like for Ooh. somebody? I feel like a lot of times we see these Instagram memes where it's like the person's digging and they're almost there. But if they turn, if they quit and give up now, they're not gonna reach you know, saying that pot of gold, but then again, su- a successful business might not be for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So, when do you think an mm-hmm. entrepreneur should hang it up and call it quits?
0: Ooh, um, I think it's time, right? Like if if you've put in five years and you haven't like gotten a little bit of traction, like maybe you need to consider pivoting, right? Maybe you need to consider doing something else, but also thinking about like, um. How much have I invested and what has been the return? So I'll give you a perfect example. So I had um a merch brand um called Future Millionaire. And you know, I had I sold like these like 14 karat gold like necklaces, like shirts and things like that. And it was doing great. Like, you know, I was making a couple thousand dollars a month. I didn't have to run ads, like it was like purely organic, it was doing its thing. But the more and more that I thought about, like, what it will require to scale, the more and more overwhelmed that I got. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it was like, OK, like I'm buying this inventory. I'm trying to move this inventory. I'm trying to ship it. I don't have money to, like, get a fulfillment center. So I just have to, like, do it myself. And the, mm-hmm. and it's like that was taking me away from what was really making me money. Right. Right. Which was my clients. So I was like, OK, even though, like, this business is cool and it's dope, like, I need to hang it up because I'm spending more money to mm-hmm. run the business. than the business is actually making me. Gotcha. And I'm like it got to go there's other things like you know i'm gonna say this if you've been rapping for 15 years
1: <laughs> not the rappers
0: and you got five views on youtube
1: sorry could be a bad day on youtube
0: we got to sometimes yeah. sometimes it's not like you know oh i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna be persistent like sometimes you just can't rap no. you feel me like you just need to accept the facts the facts are the facts You Sometimes you need to look at your skill set. You need to get around some people and be like, look, I know that I said that I want to design clothes, but like, can I dress? (laughs) I know I said that I'm going to launch this boutique. Do I be putting fits together? I know I said that I want to rap. Do I have bars? I know that I said that I want to start a marketing agency. Can I market? You know? And it's like, sometimes we just got to be really real with ourselves because it's like, you're, again, your skill set might not necessarily be aligned with your passion, and you're trying to monetize your passion mm-hmm. that you're not skilled in.
1: Right. Not and
0: then me. you're out here stressed out. You're a photographer. The pictures is pixelated. You <laughs> the presets ain't presenting. Okay. You a videographer. The camera is blurry. Yeah. Girl. I
1: think, I think it's positioning too, right? So like, let's go rapper. Maybe you're not to be. Maybe you're not a rapper. Maybe you should be a manager, right? Or like me. I want to be, you know, an NBA athlete. Oh, <laughs> child, yes,
0: them days are over. baby boy, you know what be what a
1: saying? coach, be a coach, be a trainer. You get what I'm saying? You want to be a videographer, but you know the video is pixelated. Maybe you should be like a director or a, a lighting person or a set designer. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think it's really about positioning. Like everybody can't be the person. You know what I'm saying? Find out what you can do maybe in that industry to where you can still be in the industry, but you know something that maybe fits your skill set yeah
0: that's a perfect that is so good that's so good I hope people catch that because that's it right like maybe you don't need to focus on the thing that you're doing but maybe you need to focus on the industry that you want to be in so I remember when I came to public relations or marketing you know I knew okay I want to do something like in communications and my grandma was like do journalism like you should be on the news and I was like I hate being on camera like I just can't picture my life where I'm like forcing myself to like be on camera all day, every day. So I was like, okay, well, if I want to be in the communications industry, like what are my other options? But it's like if you have um, if you have a passion for something and you end up working a lot harder to try to like make it work for yourself than it is to just pivot. Sometimes you end up resenting like what you do and you end up resenting yourself and you end up resenting the people around you because you're like, damn, you don't support my brand. Bruh, nah, the brand yeah. is not to be supported. <laughs> the brand is not yeah. to be supported. What other foolery did I try? I tried so many different businesses.
1: Yeah, I try to be a photographer out here, man. When I say
0: so many. I try to be an influencer for what? Yeah. For what? Yeah. It was horrible. My pictures were trash. I like really. I could never like there was just some things that I couldn't do. I try to do like, you know how now people do um like the lifestyle reels. Mm-hmm. I tried to be like a fashion influencer, baby girl. It, it, I was looking a mess. I was literally looking at like the clothes that I was wearing and I'm like embarrassing. The audacity that you had to try to be a fashion influencer. You tried but it, uh, you try it and then you figure out it doesn't work and then you pivot. And it's like not being afraid to change your mind. Cause that's what people people don't want to pivot because they're embarrassed, because because mm. you have to admit that you failed at something. But right. it's like, no, fail fast and get on to the next thing that's actually going to work because the more time that you invest on something that's not working, right. the less time that you have to actually figure out what is going to work, you know?
1: Nah, that makes sense. Okay. So the wrap so we're going to do a takeaway, right? So we have One Day CMO. Ooh. We have Sanity and Success Podcast. Mm-hmm. Dallas Studio Loft or Dallas Loft Studio.
0: Dallas Studio Loft.
1: Dallas Studio Loft, right? So you have these three businesses. You're expert marketer, right? Leave the people with the takeaway, right? Because I feel like the the common ground around all your businesses, for one, is that you're expert marketer, so you're able to use your clients, your expertise to that, to build these other businesses as mm-hmm. well, right? So give, whether it's, you know, a life hack or life advice or whether it's a marketing tip. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is your opportunity to talk to the camera, tell, you know, our Beautiful co-sign. I've theory. been giving
0: the people the gems. I mean, like, what you else do y'all need, really? Like, you know what, I'm just, what else do you need, saying? Just send me an
1: invoice later. It's okay. he am say we have, you know, <laughs> this is live. So we have our two new interns. So y'all gave them a lot. I hope y'all been picking up them gems. they picking up them gems, looking more. She's over here like, yeah, I've been picking up Jasmine too. Asia over there taking notes. You know, I love my team. But anyway, so leave. Talk to them. Give them a gem that they can take away. You know what I'm saying? An aspiring mm-hmm. marker, social media, business builder, What would you tell them? I don't want to ask the question, what would you tell your younger self? Everybody does that. No, we're going to talk to real people. You know what I'm saying? 2022, what would you tell them to help them out?
0: Oh, this has nothing to do with marketing or business, but it has to do with money, right? And what I think is important for people to understand is that sometimes you put in a situation for a season and that season is going to give you the seeds for another harvest. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, Just because I hated my job in corporate America and I hated having to go to work and I wanted all this freedom, I used the money from my job to build my businesses. And then I used the money from my job to invest in real estate. And then I used the money from my job to invest in stocks. So. My uh, wealth, right, and my income, my revenue doesn't just come from that one stream of income. It comes from me taking the seeds from one stream and planting it in other places. So if you're in a job that you hate right now, if your business isn't working, if you just like are miserable in the situation that you're in, think about how you can take that um season right now in your life and how you can plant seeds for something else in the future there's literally no reason that you have to be like miserable without being able to like reap some sort of benefit out of the situation that you're in and that's just what i've done my whole life
1: so you left in with a heavy gem I, I appreciate that
0: you know we could be i could get into the whole real estate thing let buying south dallas but you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do all that so
1: yeah, you over here talking about Dallas. You're not even from Dallas, though. We're going to talk about this. What I do want to make a point oh, is... Oh, Chad, I we didn't here, even talk look. about
0: leaving Atlanta. Also, don't be afraid to leave where you're from. So I was born and raised in the Bronx. I went to D.C. for work. I moved to Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta for five years. And then now I ended up in Dallas. People are always like, why? Like, Why would you just like leave your yeah. life and like bounce around? But it's really important that you... Go to go where the opportunities are and that you go where you can grow. And sometimes the environment that you're in doesn't allow you to blossom. Right. Like it does. It's like think about like a plant. If a plant is in a really small pot, it cannot grow beyond the pot that it's in. But if you put it in a bigger pot or you put it in a garden, it has a chance to grow. And that's how I felt how the Bronx was. I felt like, OK, the Bronx is great. I love it here. My family's here. But. You know, I need to grow. So I went to Atlanta. Atlanta gave me all the roots that I needed to be an entrepreneur. OK, I got what I needed from Atlanta. Now I'm in Dallas and I'm applying all of that here. So also just not being afraid to move around um, or to make decisions that don't make sense to other people. But, mm-hmm. you know, that are going to make sense for you in the long run.
1: But to talk about that, though, like we talk about growing up and, you know, being an entrepreneur in New York and Atlanta, then Dallas. Trust me, I am in Dallas. I love Dallas, but it's like those are. Three completely different markets, mm-hmm. right? Three completely different ways of handling a business. So what would make you like with New York, I know you say a lot of family was there and you feel like you had to grow, but also New York is like culture is unmatched. Like there's so many opportunities in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you gain more opportunities leaving, or do you feel like New York is New York?
0: Mm. New York is a perfect example of like knowing when to call it quits. Right. So in New York, yes, I had a business and yes, I was working full time. But the cost of living in New York is so expensive that I couldn't get farther ahead. Like Mm. I was still always it didn't matter how much money I made. I still always felt like I was living check to check. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had to think about, okay, well, if I really want my business to be successful, like I need to create some room between my expenses and my income. Like I need cushion. And when I was thinking about places to go, Atlanta just made sense because the cost of living is lower. You know, the weather is better. I had a roommate like I just had to make decisions that Mm -hmm. were going to benefit me in the long term. And it wasn't ideal. Did I want to have a roommate, you know, in my mid 20s? No. Did I want to live? I lived um, like 45 minutes outside of Atlanta when I first moved. Did I want to do that? No. But you have to like make those sacrifices. I call them decisions. But you have to make those decisions that are going to benefit you at the end. And it's like New York is great for a certain type of person. But I feel like for me and what I was trying to accomplish, it was going to take me. I think twice or three times as long to be as successful. Like I'm not wearing Gucci sneakers in New York. Why? Because (laughs) my rent will be $3,000 for where I'm trying to live at. Right. So it's just kind of like, okay, what are the things that I need to, that I value and that I need to uh, prioritize over like my location or my situation in that point in time.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And I think where to wrap all that up is starting over. Right. We talked about, you know, when to call it quits. Um, We talked about starting a new business, but, basically hitting a new market is starting completely over, right? Mm -hmm. Like Dallas, I know you hit me up a lot for for like a lot of different things. Like who's this person I should talk to in Dallas. So basically it's like you're having to, you know, do everything you did in those other two markets all over again. Mm -hmm. What advice or confidence does somebody have to, you know, being able to pack it up and start completely over?
0: Ooh, be curious. I think I learned that from you. Like always uh, lead with a spirit of curiosity and, and you always got to find the playmaker in the city. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to uh D.C., like I found a girl who was from D.C. So she showed me around when I moved to Atlanta. My best friend lived in Atlanta. She had been there for two years. So when I got there, she showed me the lay of the land. OK, these are these types of people. These are these types of people, you know. And of course, like thank God for social media at the time, too. It was really easy to make connections and to meet people and take those online connections offline. Like right. even like you and I. Right. Like it's like. We met on Instagram, technically, right? Right. That's how you reached out to me. So um, understanding, again, that the importance of relationships and how you can leverage those relationships from the Internet into real life. Figure out who's making the plays and then they can, like, you know, plug you in the right direction. So you help me all the time where it's like, hey, I need somebody. Do you know somebody that does this? Do you know somebody that does that? Do you know an event planner? And it's like if I was, you know, being bougie and, you know, didn't know how to build relationships, you wouldn't be willing to help me right right but i have to humble myself and be like yo i need help like i'm new in the city like plug me in and then people can help you so
1: nah, that's what's up yeah and i'm gonna end this with you know uh the importance of shooting your shot because i reached out to emily 2018 2017 and do an interview <sighs> uh, her assistant encouraged me you know what I'm saying gave me the runaround which is cool we're here today i forgive you and forgive her you know what I'm saying? If I see y'all in the streets. You I'm are sure. really
0: like, so petty. You need to heal. Yo. You need to heal. If you
1: know me, I take things really personal. Very. <laughs> I take everything personal. But anyway, it's all good. Shout out to email. didn't go through, but you know, my follow-up game is strong. and it is. We're here today. So thank you for your time. You I appreciate you. Um, give everybody your socials, uh, where they can follow you. And, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so for my personal, it's at Emily De La Cruz. I'm sure y'all will put it somewhere on the screen because the spelling is crazy. Um, or, you know, if you're looking for like marketing and business advice, you can follow One Day CMO. And my podcast is Sanity and Success.
1: And y'all stay tuned for The Loft. Uh,
0: yes. For Dallas Studio Loft opening in a couple of weeks. Yay. So it'll be an intimate event space um, for events under 75 people and a content creation studio. So you can do YouTube videos, podcasts and audio recordings as well.
1: Yeah, y'all lock in uh you know if you need a bookie, you can also go through me so i can get my cut commission percentage all that too so holla at me if you need a book it i'll put yes yeah, holla
0: at kg yeah. and kg will holla at me yeah, we'll make this all
1: work <laughs> i'll make sure you're good but as always please continue to the coastline life i thank y'all for watching thank you for coming welcome. and we out hey guys what's good thanks for supporting coastline magazine by watching this video if you really enjoyed this content please subscribe like comment and share you <laughs>